0: you'll pray with me and for me, we'll get started. Sound good? Yes. Gold <laughs> Norman. All right. <clears throat> Father, thank you so much for today. Um, Lord, I thank you for your goodness, your mercy, and your truth. God, thank you for your grace. <sighs> thank you for what you did um, so that we don't ever have to live in shame or fear. Uh, God, I pray for everyone in this room that may be struggling with either of those things, shame, fear, condemnation, uh, bitterness, hurt. I just pray that you would do what you do, Father, set the captives free and heal, restore. And Lord, forgive us for the times that we take our eyes off what's really going on, the truth, and our call to be light and salt in this earth. Um, Lord, I pray hearts would be open, this place would be protected, and God, I pray that you would help me um, to preach your word, and only your word, and I wouldn't get in the way. And I will give you all the glory. In Jesus Christ's name I pray, amen. All right, how you guys doing today? Well, the good news is, is uh, Austin and Mandy just took the entire sermon. They literally preached the sermon. You guys, why would I come here? You guys know what Palm Sunday is? I want to tell you. And then on and on and on. And it's a triumphal entry, and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so I, that's pretty much all I got. Um, it is Palm Sunday. And, you know, it's one of those things that I talk about this a lot, and I don't glorify this, guys. It's my story. It's part of it. I didn't grow up in church, so the, like, you guys don't explain a lot of this stuff. You know, when you come to know Jesus, like Jesus, I get that in the cross, stuff. but when it comes to things like Palm Sunday, I had no clue what that was. I just pretended I did every, every time, every time I'd pretend or Maudie Tuesday or whatever you call it, right? All these things. Um, So for a long time, even when we started this church, I I mean, clearly we talked about it, but the the term Palm Sunday. So I'm going to clearly explain that today and we are going to talk about it because it is important. Palm Sunday, right? Austin, what is that? I already, I already told you, right? It's when Jesus shows up <clears throat> and he's going back to Jerusalem. at this point, he's been kind of wandering around, right? Well, at least that's what the the disciples thought. thought there was no real plan here, right? He's wandering around healing and and doing everything he does, and he decides to, um, but we don't we know all along that he was heading uh, to Jerusalem. <clears throat> and I think this is important for you to understand. Kind of how cool Palm Sunday is, Um, I'm just going to give you one section. 500 years before this happened, before Jesus comes into Jerusalem, 500 years, there's a prophet that spoke of the coming king of Israel, the Messiah, right, the Christ, in Zechariah 9, 9 and 10, this is what it says, shout in triumph, daughter, (coughs) Jerusalem, look, your king is coming to you, he is righteous and victorious, Humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim and the horse from Jerusalem. The bow of war will be removed, and he will proclaim peace to the nations. His dominion will extend from sea to sea, from the Euphrates River to the ends of the earth. Dominion, there's that word again, right? Power, authority. So if you, you guys, see, we're really arrogant towards... The Israelites and the Jews, right? We just are the Jewish people because we go, I would have never doubted who he was. I would have known who he was. Well, if this is the example, if this is the section that you're given, you would probably think the same thing they did. Do you believe this guy is a son of a carpenter, you know, riding in? Yeah, he'd coming on a, a that, that part's a little weird. We can all. You know, a cult of a donkey, well, that's a little strange. But he's probably coming with his army behind him. How do we know that? Because he's breaking bows, and he's proclaiming peace, and he's giving his dominion, right? He's taking authority. He's establishing the, the kingdom from the ends of the earth. Now, I'm going to stop right now. <clears throat> Not in my notes. I can already tell. You do this enough. You guys got to wake up, okay? You got you to be here. Because, one, if I show up and do this to you, everyone, Palm Sunday. That's what you're doing. You think I can't see you. And men, let me tell you something. You're the worst, okay? Because you're men and you act like I'm not a man. I know exactly what you're doing when you're going. <laughs> like you're trying to intimidate me from the crowd for some reason, right? I don't know why. You don't want me to look at you. And all that does is make me look at you more. And it's an awkward moment for all of us, okay? So let's shake that off, right? Taylor Swift, shake it off. <laughs> you no, know? Let's shake this off. Okay, you're already here. We already said that. Listen, you made the foolish mistake of coming. You're here. So unless you're gonna awkwardly walk out, which people do sometimes, but you know, depending on where you're at, they're gonna see you. Right? You might as well chill here. Okay? And we're kind of on time, which is rare for us. So, right? So if ever no, no class for that? Yeah, no, on time. So <clears throat> I'm here with my my terrible voice. We all got allergies, we ain't feeling good, but it's a good day. Okay, it's Palm Sunday. We're going to learn about Jesus. Are we going to sit here staring at me, guys trying to intimidate me, and ladies being slightly irritated? What are we going to do? All right, I suggest we just stay here, choose to be joyful, not joyful. That's not a word. Joyful and cheery and move on. Deal? That was the lamest thing. Yeah. Yeah? Yes or no? Are you with me? All right. Let's start at the beginning. I'm just kidding. So you would really think if you heard this, because even me, I hear this a lot of times, you know, clearly I know the story, and I go and read it, and you just hear this phrase, right? The bow of war will be removed, and he will proclaim peace to the nations. His dominion will extend from sea to sea, from the Euphrates River to the ends of the earth. That is someone coming in power, in authority, with an army behind him. So the Messiah was coming, the Christ, Right? <clears throat> Man, i got—I got to decide whether I go off my notes again. I'll wait. Mm. Yep, I'm going to wait. Okay, the Messiah, you know, the king of Israel was supposed to come, and he was going to free Israel. That was the whole plan. He was going to not only free them, he was going to to lift them up, right? He's going to make them powerful. He's going to destroy their enemies, scatter them. That's what the plan was. And so they expected him to do that in the only way those ancient people would have known to do that through what? War, power, might. That's what you would need, right? If you're going to free someone from the Roman Empire during that time, you aren't going to ride in on the colt of a donkey going, oh, you're not going to do that, right? You're coming in with an army. However, right, by force, but God had other plans. The people had seen, this is important, the people had seen Jesus perform miracles. So it's not like, okay, well, they knew Jesus. Why would they think he's coming in battle? You're right, they did see him. And they saw that he, what? What did he do? He healed people. He fed them. He healed them. He calmed storms. He even raised the dead. Lame people walked. Blind people saw. He was doing powerful things, right, that no one had ever done. He was proving to them that he was that Messiah, that even if he didn't have an army, who cares? This man could command the storm and the seas. So when he was coming, he didn't need an army. He just called down fire, right? Jesus had proven to them. They had the proof they needed to believe that he wasn't just coming peacefully, but he was coming with power and authority to change things. Right, he was going to blast Caesar, right? Lightning bolts and fireballs, whatever. They had seen him do this. He had fed them these incredible feats of power that no one had done before. Even the great prophets hadn't done some of the things he had done. He had to be the Messiah. He had to be the king. He had fed them, he had healed them, he calmed storms, raised the dead, he loved them, he gave them hope. This was the time. And now, now, he was finally coming to invade, right? How incredible. He's coming to the place where our temple is. He's going to start there, and he's going to clean out all these Gentiles, all these Romans. We're going to start here, and then we're going to expand, right? And the great empire of Israel will begin. He was going to do what clearly God had promised to do for thousands of years, right? 500 years. Now was the good part of the story. Do you know what a triumph is? Everybody's like, triumphal entry. You're like, oh, I get that. A triumph is also was a noun back then. Did you know that? Raise your hand if you knew triumph was a noun. Nice, two people and me, three. Okay, great. Nice, I feel like I taught you something. See, Manny and Austin, you didn't teach him everything. <clears throat> a triumph was a procession, <clears throat> particularly in the Roman times. So say Caesar came back, right, Julius Caesar, from conquering. They would have this giant party and parade welcoming back the, the conquering victor. Makes sense? The winner. That's where we get the idea of hey, we, what a great triumph. What a great what a great victory. It was a processional, so triumphal entry had a lot of meanings here, right? The triumph of Jesus. He had already won, he was coming, he was victorious. Now is just the proof. Now is the easy part. Now it's time for fireballs, right? So they were celebrating. And you would too. Or would you? Because it's Sunday and half you can't even stay awake. Another, another Christian thing, you guys always confuse. If you're not a Christian, you fall asleep, you're cool. I get it. All right? If you are a Christian, you fall asleep. I'm always like, you know what's odd? I mean, this. You already come. All right? I've always wondered, like, ain't nobody at your house be like, you better go there. You could just stay home, sleep, you know, till noon. I don't care, right, and tune in later. I mean, you shouldn't always do that, but you could. I'm not shaming you. I'm just genuinely saying that's one of the things I always wondered. Like, why would you come here and sleep in a chair? You could be at home in a blanket, right, with a fan on. That's how I like it. I don't care if it's negative 20. That's how I want it. Nice. So, <clears throat> you know, you've got, sometimes we have this, this concept that my job today is to be so exciting that I keep you just glued in naturally. You know why that is? Because you've been brainwashed. Netflix, right? Then it was YouTube. But that's not enough. Now we got to have shorts because it's too, you know, five minutes is too long, right? Now we got to go a minute. That ain't enough. I need, a, I need some thick. I need a fix. So now it's 10 seconds. Don't even lie. I see you all going, mm, mm, mm. I'm at the gym watching people on the treadmill going, mm, mm. mm. Matt's like, not me. Yeah, it is. Yes, you too. Right? Got to get your Instagram reels. And so that's what it is. So, like, you become lazy. You're spiritually lazy too. Me too. You got to choose to do that. You got to choose not to be lazy. You got to choose to listen and and take this and, like, take away your arrogance. Because unless, if you can't pay attention for three-hour sermon, I'm just kidding. If you can't pay attention, don't say that you would have been there going, oh, praise you, Jesus. Praise you, except on Sunday when I'm tired. I bet I slept less than you. You're like, I could tell, Todd, look at you. I know, right? <laughs> and I'm just, you know, some of you are probably irritated. All right, that's okay, because I was you, so I can say that. I feel like I'm allowed to call you out if I did that, right? <laughs> no? Okay. <clears throat> Come on, stay with me today. This is a big week for us. Do you understand that? There's a reason this is a big week. Do you believe that he is who he said it was? Do you believe this happened? Or is this just a cool, philosophical, feel-good story for you to kind of go home and feel all right about yourself? Or do you believe that God was flesh, did these miracles, performed these miracles, died and rose from the dead? Do you believe that? Because if you do, right, this is a big week. Everything up until this point, until this week back then, you know, we can get caught up in the Gospels because they're awesome stories, right? And there's people walking around and crazy miracles and Jesus showing how much God loves us. And we forget did you know that's not the climax of the story? That's not even the good parts. It's not. That's all the, the preface. Did you know that? That's all the preface. That was just to get us to understand what's coming. That's why he kept saying over and over again, we, he's talking to you, Jesus. Every time I read, he's talking to me, right? When he says, don't you understand yet? Right, Healing, and they come to him and go, hey, can I sit your left and your right? Can I do this? He goes, gosh, you're not getting it. Don't you understand yet? This was all, this was all the setup to this week. And you get the feeling of that in the Gospels. Even as he's healing, like, if you're really, and we don't all, I don't always read the Bible with a great attitude, okay? None of us, we don't all do that all the time. But when I'm in that place, I get the sense, don't you of him, of him, man, this is like, let's move on, let's move on, right? And yet there's also the hesitation of, I don't want to go there, but I want to go there. He doesn't want to go there for him, you know that? For us, and yet, here we are, and if you don't know me, this is—I probably offended you. I'll never see you again. That's okay. So I might as well keep going. When I call out things like sleepiness or like you know the fact you're on your Facebook and all that stuff, listen—I'm not like—I am you. I'm—I'm <laughs> I'm a human. I understand the same struggles. Sometimes I'm watching other dudes in here preach and I'm tired and it's warm and comfortable and they have very soothing voices unlike me, right? I understand. But when I do it, I'm talking to you about the things I think about myself. I am claiming to believe this. Do you? It's easy to say it. And I'm talking to myself, first and foremost. If you are new, I promise you this. You know, a lot of people mis- under, misrepresent me. A lot of the bad stuff about me is real, all right? I mean, it is what it is. Why are you nodding at that part? I'm not even at the other part yet. <laughs> Kaylee's going, boy, that's true. Amen. <laughs> she li- I've never seen her nod so, pa- put so passionately. <laughs> yes. Yes, Todd. Tell the truth. But... One of the things that I can honestly say, and that's why I, I tell my buddies all the time, you know, if you're in here and you've heard me say this, you can raise your hand so you guys know I'm not just lying to you if you knew, I talk about pastor talk. That's why I hate the term sometimes, because not, not that I'm better, but it's like it comes with this um, expectation, and also you guys automatically are used to pastor stories, right? And like, so you think everything I say is like kind of like a, a fable, right? Or like a Aesop's tale that I'm trying to like, it's not. I, I'm not. If you saw my notes, you'd be like, my goodness, Right? <laughs> I really do study. But, um, why was I going? <laughs> anyway, the point is, when I say things like that, I'm saying it because I understand. And I'm challenging myself, but I am going to challenge you in that. That's the, that's the issue here. See, we want, we, I say this every week, we want an Acts church. We want to see God move, but we don't want to do Acts church things. You want to see the miracles? You've got to go to the miracle worker you got to do what he's asked you to do, even if it's not making sense. Let me tell you something. If you're on a hilltop talking to 3,000, 5,000 people, and a guy goes, you, and they're hungry, and he go, goes, go feed them, and you got one loaf of Wonder Bread, okay? You're not going to sit there and go, that makes sense. I want you to pray over it and hand it out. Let me tell you exactly what I'd be doing. I'd be like, oh, okay, <laughs> right? <laughs> and it'd probably take 500 people before. And even then, I'm going, man, I must have torn these into small pieces, right? <laughs> I'm telling you. We, we have to do the things that don't make sense, right? Why? Because it, only, it, it magnifies his glory. When he says things like, read this book that is just pages to you and the world's going to tell you it's been translated by men and can't be protected, even though statistics point to this most accurate book that's ever been written as far as oldest right to now. It's not even, it's not even a, a debate. But right, all of these things, you're going to go, okay, that doesn't make sense. But if you know, you know, if the Holy Spirit's in you, it does something to you. That's not just words when he says man does not live on bread alone but with the very word of God. That sounds nice. That's a nice fable. No, it's a fact. How do I know? Because when I do as he said, I'm changed. It's easier to be like him. I don't know why. <laughs> okay, but that's the way it is. <clears throat> sometimes it's, man, sometimes you've got to like, you've got to pursue. Follow is such a, such a kind of lazy word to us. I'm going to follow. What we really think of when we say follow Jesus is drag. I'm going to let Jesus drag me. Do you know he doesn't do that? He always walks. He'll say follow me, but he will not drag you and he will not stop. Right? He will come and help those who are following that stumble or go off, but the people that are like, nah. He's got things to do. Right? You know what I mean? Anyway, let's move on. (laughs) we're going to go through this story a bit, okay? And you know it, but we we need to remember this. There's a reason the Christian church for thousands of years has taken this moment, this Palm Sunday, and remembered. We need to remember it. Some tradition is good, okay? If you have the gospel, if you have the gospel, if you have your Bible, which I know 90% of you have already read yourself out, you're not going to look up. It's going to be on the screen. Gospel of Mark chapter 11, right? And starting at verse um, 1. When you got it, say, got it. Perfect. If you're not, of course, you've tricked me. It's on the screen. When they approached Jerusalem, they, this is Jesus and the disciples. When they approached Jerusalem at Bethphage and Bethany near the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and told them, go into the village ahead of you. As soon as you enter it, you'll find a colt tied there on which no one has ever sat. Untie it. Uh, Excuse me, sorry. Uh, Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord needs it, and will send it back here right away. So they went and found a colt outside in the street, tied by a door. They untied it. <clears throat> and some of those standing there said to him, what are you doing, untying the colt? They answered them, just as Jesus said. So they let them go, and pause. Everybody's like, oh, this is great. I want you. you're, you're Farmer Joe, right? You're out here. You're like, you know what I'm really excited about? Old Rudy, my donkey. Right? Look at this. Right? Rudina, I guess. Right? Look at, look at that little colt, Sparky. Right? I'm so excited. You look out, you're getting some bread, and some two hobos are untying your new donkeys, right, and walking off with them. Right? I like that it says, they said, what are you doing? Most likely to come out, come out screaming, right? But they're like, what are you doing? That's how we envision it. What are you doing? It's for the Lord. So be it. Right? No. <laughs> Imagine that. But imagine being the disciples and going in, because again, this is me in the bread situation. Even though I've done the wonder bread, I still doubt, because he's like, go, you will see two donkeys. Steal them. And when they ask why, tell them why, and they will understand. I'd be like, well, we're going to jail, right? <laughs> he should have sent Peter. That guy's a whiner. Anyway, <clears throat> sorry, Peter. Uh, why did I look at that? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. Let that sink in, right? But they did, and we'll find out. You know. By the way, this story's in every one of the Gospels. Every one of the Gospels. Okay? And then we're going to hop from Gospel to Gospel to show you because they give a little more detail. But most of them are the same. All of them are the same as far as it starts. So they found it. He said, what are you doing untying the colt? What are you doing untying the colt? What are you doing with Rudy? Anyway, they answered them just as Jesus said, so they let them go. Imagine that. I would be going, wait, you're not going to arrest me? No, I'll take it. Why? I don't know. Right? So you take it. They brought the colt to Jesus and threw their clothes on it, and he sat on it. Many people spread their clothes on the road, and others spread leafy branches cut from the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now, this is important. Hosanna, what does it mean? Hebrew phrase that means pray, save us. Save us, pray, save us, Lord. Right? They were referencing a psalm, another messianic verse. The people were letting him know they believe, right? Hey, this, we, You are who you say you are. They're, they're referencing it. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. <clears throat> now I'm going to build on this. Go to Luke chapter 19. By the way, the way she said Luke during that prayer, Luke, did you think she's talking to you? Because I did. She goes, Luke. Waited 45 seconds before she said anything, right? You're being loud. Anyway, he's like, no, it wasn't. Yeah, you did. Anyway, all right, Muscles McGee, chapter 19. I'm just kidding. Luke, chapter 19, all right? And we're going to start at verse 37. Now, this, isn't, this is just continuing the story. Look at it that way. Now, he came down the path near the Mount of Olives and the whole crowd of the disciples. Remember, at this point, it's not just the apostles. There's a crowd following, right? They're going, man, I can't wait till he starts kicking butt, right? He's going to throw these centurions out. And the whole crowd of disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the miracles they had seen. Hmm. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees from the crowd, the religious leaders, said, Teacher, to Jesus from the crowd, Rebuke your disciples. Do you know why they said that? Because they knew exactly what the crowd was saying. They were saying to him, Hey, they're calling you the Messiah. Tell them to stop. Tell them to stop. Remember, at this point, he kept saying he would he kind of trick them, right? He never lied, but he knew what they were trying to trick him into. By the way, it wasn't necessarily a a punishable by death to claim to be the Messiah. A lot of people had done that. What Jesus did, though, was claim to be equal to the Father. He was God, right? And that was punishable by death. But still, teacher, rebuke your disciples. He answered, (laughs) from the crowd, imagine that. You probably don't even think he really hears you because they're being loud, right? Rebuke him. He probably looks over at him. He answered, I tell you, if they were to keep silent, the stones would cry out. That's good, man. I could tell him to stop, but right, then the, the nature itself would just cry out. Here they were praising him, the triumph, and how interesting we get a clue right now. Thousands of people. The, do you believe there were people here who were fed on the on the mount on the Sermon on the Mount? I believe there were. Were there people who had seen miracles? Do you think there are people who had heard about Lazarus? There are. We know that because in this section, in some of the gospels, it talks about that. Because they wanted to kill Lazarus too, because that was proof to them. Right? That was proof of Jesus. So they wanted that. They were scheming to kill Lazarus as well. These people saw the miracles. They heard the miracle. Heard about the miracles. And it's so funny, isn't it? Did they? Were they praising him for what he was going to do? No, they were praising him for what he had done for them. Now, keep that in mind when we come to the end here. Because here's the issue, and I'll I'll give you, you know, it's not my notes, but that's what the problem is with some of your faith, why it's so up and down. You believe faith is just praising him for the times he answers the way you want him to answer and does what you want him to do. That's not faith. That's giving a treat to a dog. Good boy. He's not your dog. He's not your slave. Jump down to verse 41. As he approached, and this is so, so listen to the, the heartbreak here. As he approached and saw the city, he wept for it. Pause. Before all this happened, we get another section where Jesus comes up before he goes down and sees, I, I didn't pull it up for you, it's not in my notes, but it came to me now. And he looks on Jerusalem and he says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, right? He stops. How I have longed to save you, to gather you like chicks, like a hen does chicks. Right, I wanted to save you, but you have refused. So he stops once, he's heartbroken. He comes down and says, as he approached and saw the city, he wept for it, saying, if you knew this day, what would bring peace? But they're praising him. They're praising him. He cries as they're praising him. If you knew this day, what was really going to bring peace but now it is hidden from your eyes, for the days will come on you when your enemies will build a barricade around you, surround you, and hem you in on every side. They will crush you and your children among you to the ground, and they will not leave one stone on another in your midst because you did not recognize the time when God visited you. How many times, right? <clears throat> um, at the risk of doing Pastor E's talk here, but it's true, how many times has God visited you in your life and it wasn't enough? How many times? Your faith is up and down, left and right. He's he's good, right, when he's doing what's good. But isn't it funny? You want to know where your heart is? Who determines what's good? Is it God or is it you? I am thankful. I say this now, not pastries. This is how I say it. I am thankful that God did not give me what I thought I wanted in my life. But I'm not going to lie to you and say I wish he could have done a different way right? But if I had to trade who I am, right? If I had the, if the real question is, Todd, if you weren't where you were at, like if you could have avoided the pain, if you could have avoided this and not be where you're at, would you do it? Then I wouldn't. Now, if he offered me a chance to not and be where I'm at, sure, right? How many times has God visited you? Here's a clue. Today is the day he's visiting you right now, right now. And some of y'all just can't stop thinking about Taco Bell, right? And some of y'all dudes, right, um, <clears throat> with your girlfriends and your boyfriends and, and your, you know, even your husbands and wives. Where's your faith really at? <clears throat> he was heartbroken that even as they were praising him, he, re- he understood they didn't understand Imagine that. In the middle of being celebrated, he can't, he can't really celebrate because he knows their hearts. You guys sing the songs, right? And you praise. And I can't tell how many times I used to take it personally. <clears throat> man, I love the worship here. Worship's awesome here. I really come for the worship. I'm like, man, really? Right? Like, yeah, this is good. Is that, was that the only reason? I'm not even saying for me. Because then why don't you just go to a concert every Sunday? Right? It's entertaining to you. The Worship is awesome here, man. We are blessed with what we have, but, but the reason it's awesome, right, is for you to glorify God, not to be entertained, right? And some people go, well, then why is it flashy? Oh, get, be quiet, right? Uh, t- twice. They got to go, man. It's usually the other kids. I can say that to him. We'll wait for you, Jericho. Anyway, <laughs> oh, he's so mad. anyway. <clears throat> He really is. (laughs) All right. But that's okay. It's true. Now, you do not recognize him the time when God visited you. Keep that in mind. Because he didn't do it right, right? He's not doing it right right now. If he was, Stephen Furtick would be here. Right? Some of y'all, who is is that? Good, great, right? Some of y'all are like, you know exactly. Right? He, he, He would be here. But you know what you'd be doing? Sleeping. I said, you'd be doing the same thing. You'd be doing the same thing. No, I wouldn't. Yes, you would. Because it's not about the messenger. (sighs) When did God visit you? How do you respond? Because that's a lot of what today's going to be about. All right, and then we're going to go to the gospel of John, chapter 12. Starting in verse 17 through 19. It's going to be on the screen. It says, Meanwhile, the crowd, which had been with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb, told you, and raised him from the dead, continued to testify. So as they're going along, I'm like, I'm telling you, this is the real deal. This guy brought someone back from the dead. This is also why the crowd met him. Why would the crowd meet him? Because they had heard he'd done this sign. That's a huge clue. Some of the, bit of the crowd came because my, my cousin Billy Bob was like, Hey, man, there's this dude coming to town on a donkey. He raised the guy from the dead. What? Then you get swept up in the crowd, don't you? You get swept up in the emotion. Then who are you worshiping? This is. <clears throat> then the Pharisees said to one another, "You see, you've accomplished nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. Sometimes it can look like, like he, there's a big crowd following Jesus. People tell let me, give you a clue. People tend to show up for the miracles." They tend to dissipate when it comes time to go to the cross. Everybody loves the ones where it says, hey, I'll give you rest. I love you. I'll never leave you or forsake you. And those are true. But they tend to ignore these. Crucify your flesh. Right? Carry your cross. He who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit to follow me. There will be trials and tribulations. If they hated me, they will hate you. And the reason he says that is not because it's a depression, because a depressing thing, but he loves you enough to tell you the truth. And some of you have never really accepted that. You've never accepted that this faith is not about your happiness. It's about your holiness. And when you are holy, and listen, that isn't meant to be Christianese, because I get it. I want to be happy too, right? But you don't really want happiness because happiness is circumstantial. So guess what happiness is if you live your life for happiness? You're just waiting for the shoe to drop. So yes, you're happy when things are running smoothly, but what happens when they don't? And that is life. Joy is what you're after. Hope, the promise of what's going to come, a time when you don't have to worry about bad circumstances. That's what these people didn't understand. They thought the point was the miracles. The miracles just pointed to the point. They just proved that he was who he said he was. Why was that important? He had to be the perfect lamb. He had to be. Now, we have the triumph, we have the celebration. And again, they stole everything from my notes, right? To a degree, but this is important. Celebration, excitement, Sunday morning. Right? Yeah, woohoo. Monday's coming, though. Uh Uh-huh. They're celebrating the same crowd. Go to Luke chapter 23. This is a big section, 10 verses, starting in verse 13. At this point, Pharisees got what they wanted, the religious leaders. They got Jesus. They trapped him, right? Luke chapter 23. They bring him. They take him and give him to the government authorities. And they're saying, this guy is a he's, he's leading a revolt he's trying to overthrow the government right even though if you go read what he said right give to caesar what caesar's but hey he's trying to revolt he's, the, so the religious leaders went to the government who they hated right to enforce their will because remember they were afraid if they did it the crowd would turn on them now listen So that's now Pilate, who let's just view him as the governor, if it makes you better. Okay, the governor. He has the power here, and he goes and interviews Jesus. We're skipping all that. We'll talk about that. We're at the end after he's talked to Jesus. So he brings him forth, and they had a tradition to appease the Jews. They'd bring these Jewish people, and they would give them a criminal. They'd free him. Like, hey, look how great we are. We love you guys. Here, we'll free one of you. So bring up a murderer, right? A violent insurrectionist. That's what this guy was. Okay? Bring him up. Bring Jesus. Pilate called together the chief priests, the leaders, and the people. It's important. Not just the leaders. The people were there. And said to them, you have brought me this man as one who misleads the people. You've told me he's a liar. But in fact, after examining him in your presence, I have found no grounds to charge this man with those things you accuse him of. He's not trying to do that. Neither is Herod because he has sent him back to us. Nobody wanted to deal with this. Clearly, he has done nothing to deserve death. Therefore, I will have him whipped and then release him. Then they all, who's all? The priests, the leaders, and the people cried out together, take this man away, release Barabbas to us. He had been thrown into prison for a rebellion that had taken in the city, taken place in the city and for murder. Barabbas. Wanting to release Jesus, Pilate addressed them again saying, but this man is innocent, right? Don't think Pilate's a great guy. We'll get to that another day but they kept shouting, crucify, crucify him. Let's not just kill him. That's the most painful, shameful death they can think of. The people, Hosanna, Hosanna, right? And then Monday. It's funny, but it's not. What if they're singing a hymn? Will you still sing as loud? And some of you are like, you can't worship because the music's too loud? Heard both. Crucify, crucify him. A third time he said to them, Why? What has this man done wrong? I have found in him no grounds for the death penalty. Therefore I will have him whipped and then release him. But they kept up the pressure, demanding with loud voices to be crucified, that I'm sorry, that he be crucified, and their voices won out. They were in a frenzy, screaming, talking over him. So Pilate decided to grant their demand and release the one they were asking for who had been thrown into prison for rebellion and murder, but he handed Jesus over to their will. Easy thing is to point out the facts. Hosanna, right? Crucify. You don't say that though, right? I don't say that with my words. The Bible tells us when we choose to follow sin, we're just crucifying him again. When we choose to not follow, right? And so many of us in this room, we do this subtle thing, and you have done it too. You have chosen to obey in the areas you want to, and they're good, and it's true, and God is pleased, but you use it to justify, not in other areas heard the quote before, and it's important, the closer you are to Jesus, the more you'll realize how bad you are. It's the truth, right? Because some of you, you you know, you, you think you've arrived because you don't do those things you did when you were 20. And I'm talking to me, right? Think about that. Why? You know, though, right? You've heard it a million times. You would never do that. What about when you come bitter and hateful? What about when you justify? What about when you walk out of here, right? And, and this will tell you that I, I'm trying, I guess I have to prove it. I think about this all the time. I should not say what I'm about to say because I know it offends people. If you're a guest, I want you to come. You're always welcome, always. So even when I say that, you're welcome a million times. If this is all you do is come here, feel safe. You know, hopefully feel loved and walk out. Praise God. I mean that. But I'm also going to say, why are you really avoiding being, having a home church? Can you be honest with yourself? I, I had to ask that. Couldn't stand Christians. That's the truth. Right? even the one I was one, they're mean. We're mean sometimes, aren't we? And a lot of you, that's like, why are you really avoiding having a home church? Because I'm feeling it out. Yeah, you've been feeling it out for five years. That's not, you're justifying. Sometimes it's fear. You don't want to get hurt. That was me, right? And sometimes it's pride. And sometimes you want a little holy, but you want a little sin. And if people know you too well, they're going to see both. I get, dude, the number one thing beyond the gospel that I make people mad about is when I bring up going to church. How dare he? Boom. I don't know your life. Even the people in the room, like, I'm not looking at, I mean, I'm looking at all of you, but I'm not looking at a single person. I only stare at people for two reasons. You're a grumpy person or you're very friendly, right? Because I got to have a friendly to compare to the grump. You get what I mean? I can't help it, grumps. Your face is like a magnet. (laughs) I'm going to look at you, right? It's just how it is. (laughs) But it's the little things. And I bring up church because, like, even from, guys, that was a big one for me. I I love Jesus as much then as I do now. And yet I told myself I didn't have to go. I said that, right? Anytime you tell yourself I don't have to, that's a clue, right? Anyway, the point is this. They, they praised him when the miracles were coming, when they were doing things. When he was doing things they expected him to do and wanted him to do. Both are important. Expected him to do and wanted him to do. There was only one way to free the captives, right? There was only one way. If he had done that, and he could have, but had not gone to the cross, he would have saved them for what, 60 years? Maybe. And people would have still died, and there would have been disease. Right. And separation from the creator, great. Enjoy your brief time here, your vapor-like life. What he did was better. What he's doing is better. But I want to talk about something interesting here why did the crowd turn on him the leaders we get and you're going well you Jesus. no think about it why did what it doesn't tell us the moment that like they didn't talk the crowd into thinking that why did the crowd turn on jesus not the leaders not the priests why did the crowd turn on him we don't get any sign where they got up and gave a big speech right all the crowd wasn't in the sanhedrin it wasn't in the in the place where the priests were meeting they, the whole crowd wasn't there what was happening Here's what happened. The moment that he allowed himself to be arrested, the moment he allowed himself to be put in chains, he let them down. He proved he wasn't who they thought he was. How dare he kill him? He can't be the victorious general. He can't be the conquering king. He let himself be arrested. Where's the miracle? If he was really who said he was, he'd snap those chains. You were supposed to prove to me you were the Messiah, and you've just proven that you're not the Messiah I thought you were. That's exactly why. The crowd turned on him when they realized he wasn't doing what they wanted him to do. Otherwise, they'd be revolting, wouldn't they? They'd have caused a stir. They'd have caused a scene. They'd have fought. Do you know why they were always scared of people saying the Messiah? Because this had happened. Barabbas did that. He was a rebellious person. He started a rebellion, but they didn't. They said, kill him. You ever been let down? But you didn't say, crucify God. You just stopped going to church, right? You just condemned people. You just hated people. You justified your hate. That's me. Justify my hate by the way they hate me, right? And And God's okay with it. There are not... Two gospels, there's not 10, there's not 15, there's not 25, there's not 100 different messiahs. There is the Christ, the messiah. We do not determine his traits, his qualities, his personality or his characteristics. He is who he is outside of your belief. I don't believe in Jesus. That's awesome. Doesn't change a fact. Someday, let me tell some of you in the crowd, and your pride needs to hear this. I promise you, remember I said this, you will bow. And you will take a knee before the king of kings. That's a promise. You can do it now by choice, right? Or you can do it then by fear, but it's too late. He fulfilled it. He fulfilled it all, man, of, of the prophecies, right? He had done it. That's why they said it. They heard this guy's coming. He's, he's healing. He's he coming a donkey. He did all these things. But you know what? It doesn't matter how many things he did that were good. He didn't do the one thing I wanted him to do. He didn't give me a good marriage. He didn't keep up his end of the deal. He's not giving me a good money. He's not keeping up his end of the deal. I wouldn't keep going and sleeping with all these people if he would have brought me a good person. It's his fault. He's okay with it. Right? Why would he let me fall in love with this person if they, if they were bad? Why am I not successful? Why did I get hurt? Why did this happen? Why did this other person get hurt? Why did somebody go shoot a bunch of kids? Right? How can he be what? Good. How can he be king? Because I'm the judge. It's such a subtle thing, friends. Jesus knew that. You see, the beauty... Of what she said earlier about him choosing to do what he did, and for a long time I get caught at the garden. Man, that's a powerful moment. I almost talked about that today, but I did. But he knew before then. All his friends come up and say, "I'm going to be with you forever." And we always think he's going, "Will thee?" And I think he's going, "Will you? Will you really be there? Will you really not deny me? Will you? Imagine being fully God and fully man." Knowing what's going to happen, but having to hope it won't. That was almost torturous, huh? They started by giving him the treatment of a conquering king. Right, He was the rebel king. He was the criminal king. But by the end, they were only calling him criminal. His coming, right? Their praise was based on him. you got to ask yourself this. Is this you? Their praise was based on him fulfilling their earthly desires. Their immediate wants. Not his purpose, because his purpose was far better than they can imagine, which was what? To truly set them free. From what? Sin, death, condemnation, shame, fear, all those things. His coming to set the captives free, right? He told them at the beginning. That's what it was, remember? I've come to set the captives free. Isaiah prophesied, and he said, I am the one. And here he was to do it, and they hated him for it. All the miracles he did, they didn't understand, were just foreshadowing. Instead of making them trust him more, right, they just, it gave them confidence that in their, you know, I sometimes think some of you in the room view Jesus as the electricity in this room. He's the juice, but you're the one that flips the the switch up and down. He proved he had the juice, right, but he wasn't listening, he wasn't doing, he wasn't performing. It was just foreshadowing the preview trailer of the movie. And listen, even this is. Good Friday, all of it, right? Because I skipped, right? There's a lot of things that happen from the time he comes in, and and, and that's what this week's about. And he teaches, he has his last supper, and he teaches the disciples some really important things. But all of it was just the preview, right, of the main show, of the final act, of the climax, which happened on the cross. The greatest moment in our life happened at the worst of his. I often think, you know, everybody wants a different church. We all do. Everyone in this room, whether you're a or not, if you're Christian, you say, man, I want it to be what it's supposed to be. I can feel it, right? You can feel it. And we're waiting for everyone else to change it. We're waiting for everyone else to be different. We're waiting for everyone else, right? But really, we're waiting for God. God, why won't you change your people? Why won't you do it this way when he's already equipped his church, to do that. Not our way, his way. And that's the only way. The miracles were just foreshadowing. Trailer of the movie, The Sip of What Was to Come. You know what's crazy is that you live in the aftermath of the climax. You live in the happily ever after. Did you know that? You don't think that because things don't feel that way right now. But that's just because this is all the shadow lands. This is all, this is the matrix. It's the truth. You're living in the happily ever after. I know it doesn't feel that way sometimes. I do. But someday it's going to be all worth it. And all we have to do is trust and hold on while it happens. I'm not saying this to you today to tell you that going to church, and, you know, I use that today as an example, or whatever the ways that you're mad at him and, you know, and rebelling and all that. Like that, he's not going to let go if you put your faith in him. It's not about keeping that. But it is about his ways the best way. Because how interesting is it that the only way to have real life is to go to the place of death? You know what I mean? Go to the cross. You have to go to the cross. You have to die to self. That's what he says. To live again. You've got to be willing to let go of everything you thought was going to lead to the life. Right? The only life. And when you do that, this miracle happens he gives you real life it's not easier being a christian but it's better i know that doesn't seem true but it is right and if you know you know in this room how can we hurt so much and still praise him because you've seen the goodness of god the miracles are no longer the reason right why you praise him the miracles are just a reminder of who he is Remember though, this is important that the crowd that said "Hosanna, Hosanna" were the same crowd that said "Crucify him, Crucify him." And the time we only found out when the heat got turned up, when they when he didn't perform the way that they wanted. So I have two questions today. No simple list. You know, you can, Palm Sunday is Palm Sunday, right? There ain't fifty-five different ways to preach it to tell you. But I have two questions for you today. Question number one: Is he king or is he criminal? Hey, today, today he's here. Where two or three gathered, there I am, right? Where two or three gathered my name, there I am. He said that. You don't believe that. See, some of you are like, that sounds nice. No, I, I take it literally. How do you welcome him? Is he the king today or the criminal? Well, he's the king. Well, you'll find out not by what you call him, but by how you treat him. Do you kneel or do you revolt? Do you obey or do you rage? I'm preaching to myself. You ever have those moments where you don't want to listen to them, even though you know it's better because you want what you want? We all do, man. It's the most beautiful thing. And what I have people come up to me all the time and they say, Todd, I don't understand. Maybe I'm not a believer because I don't want to do this thing I'm doing. I don't want to go to church. I don't want to pray. I don't want to forgive this person. And I said, you know what? That's the most beautiful display of faith there is to do it when you don't feel it. Right? To walk when you don't know if the step is sure. Why? Because he told you to. Step out of the boat. There's water, there's storms. What do you mean? Step out of the boat. Is he king or criminal? And number two, because how do you welcome him? How do you welcome him? Let me tell you how some of you welcome him. You're like, well, I don't welcome him as a criminal. No, no, you welcome him as a really good man. Not an option. You're in the criminal side. Because he's, he's a liar then. He's a raving, lunatic liar, if that's, if that's what he is. I worship him as, um, you know, I, I, I welcome him as a good role model. Not enough. Well, Todd, I do. How do I know? Because your life, you're still rebellious. You know the reason I really push buttons to irritate people? is not because I like to make you mad. I actually hate it. I would love to make you happy and then like me. That would be awesome. But I do it because I want to poke those areas that aren't obedient. Because, see, modern Christianity has tricked us a lot. Let me give you an example. Some of you believe that as long as your spouse is happy, you're following God. Well, Todd, I thought you, no, 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 I didn't say go hate your spouse. See, honey, I don't ever have to love you. That's not what I'm saying. Some of you think that if you got a boyfriend or girlfriend that goes to church, that you're, you're, you've, you've welcomed him as king. That's not true, right? Well, you don't go as far with your boyfriend, or girlfriend as your friends do. So you're, you, he must be king. No. Well, their parents go to church, huh? They must be solid. King or criminal? How do you welcome him? How did you welcome him when he first came? when you accepted him. But how do you welcome him this week? How did you welcome him this month? How did you welcome him this morning and how do you welcome him now? Because every time you sit in that seat and he's telling you, go, pray, confess, ask for help, right? it's not because it's magic words. He hears you there. It's for that pride to be laid down. And every time you say no, he's just a criminal. Whenever you listen to him as a suggestion, he's just the criminal king. He's just the revolt leader. He's just the rebel leader. He'll do it right until the moment when it's like, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't want to get my head chopped off either, right? Take that guy. Is he king or criminal? Right now, that, that feeling you have in your heart, the answer that came, that's the answer. I'm serious. And if it's criminal, his point today is not to shame you. It's not. Because here's the beauty of Jesus even when it feels scary and hard and tough and it doesn't line up with what you want and what the world says, right? All of those things. His way, the king's way, is the best way. How do we know that? Because his word says, you ready? Promise. It's not that you're gonna be a millionaire. It's not healthy, wealthy, and wise. It is, I will work out all things for the good of those who believe according to my purposes. And the beauty is, he knows better than me. I know. I don't know about you, but sometimes I look in the mirror and that's hard for me to believe. You know, how could he know better than me, right? And then I look at my track record. I'm like, that makes sense. <laughs> She's going to play some music. You are so happy today. I've been going late. I'm about to be done early, right? You're like, early? Some of you are like, man, I was here for the 20-minute thing. <clears throat> when I first started preaching, we first started this church. Not, It's not been 10 years yet. <clears throat> It'll be this August, I think. Um, I, used to, I did not know this, but I had these people that would come visit from other churches to like, encourage us, because we were these young people, right, and these, God bless them, there's a couple people that used to come, I will say their names, Don and Sheila was their names, they used to come here from a different church, and they used to come out to me every Sunday, and go, (laughs) and I know what they're doing now, they go, man, I just, you just love to give them that truth and get them out, because it was 15 minutes, and they're like, I just, yeah, that's like, you know, it's kind of like fast food, just come in and get what you want and leave, and they were encouraging me, right, and now I always think, I'm like, huh, (laughs) they probably come up now and go, boy, you kind of go a little long, don't you, right? (laughs) Got to find that sweet spot. <clears throat> Just encouraging you that maybe someday I'll go back to that 15, 20 minute one. Yeah, listen, how do you, I want you to hear this today. Palm Sunday, it is for us to be excited because the King did come and we live in the happily ever after and the king came and we are the ones who lay at our feet today and now you are the saints who who praise him. Hosanna, Hosanna, hallelujah. Hosanna, right? Do this for us, hallelujah is, I know you will. I know you have. We celebrate what he did for us, what he's done for you and some of you in this room, what he's offering you today. How do you welcome him though? This month, this week, today, is he your king, your Lord, your God, or is he a criminal? Well, he's the criminal king. It's not an option. Is he the king or is he a criminal? And here's the thing about us humans. We have this weird place where we'll say, Lord, you can be king of this part of my life, right? And you can be king of this part of my life, but this part of my life's off limits because I don't trust you. What are we saying in that moment? He's a criminal because only a criminal would do something bad to us, right? Right? He He would come rob you. He told us that. He said, listen, the thief comes to kill and steal and destroy. I've come to give you life and give it to the full, abundantly, overflowing. So what areas in your life, some of you are like, oh, I definitely, and you do, praise God, and he's proud of you. But what areas are you holding off? Are you saying, nah, there's yellow tape here. You can't come in here. And the thing is, that doesn't hurt him. He's not mad at you. It hurts you. The gospel is very simple for those in the room. God made everything. He made it perfect. He created you and me, and he made this world beautiful, and he said it was perfect, and he said there's one rule. There was only one. I'm God, and you're not. That's it. You listen to me. I'll tell you what right and wrong is, and guess what we did? We rejected that. No, I will decide what right and wrong is. I will decide if I need to be, right, go to a church. I will decide if I need to forgive. I will decide if I need to love people. I will decide if I respect my spouse. I, res- I decide if I love my wife. I decide. I decide. We do the same thing today that we did then, and in that moment we were broken off like a branch from the tree, and we are dying. Even if we have some leaves, it's going to happen. We're dying. We don't know it yet. Sin entered this perfect world. A perfect God cannot be in relationship with an imperfect sinful evil thing right well Todd I'm not that bad you're right you're probably better than me but I'm not the standard in comparison to perfection you're pretty bad take a white snowball someday I'm gonna do this right and a mud ball right if I touch the mud ball to the snowball is it white anymore no God is pure and holy and he cannot be in relationship the way he wants to be with something that isn't well my mom or dad's a snowball What are you? My grandma, my grandpa. So what happened? Well, sin is the disease that's inside of us. And you try to do the right thing, right? You try to fix your your bad habits and you read the books and you listen to Oprah and Dr. Oz and all these people and they tell you how to do it and you can kind of fix that. But then there's another thing. It's like on a ship with a bunch of holes and you keep plugging one and another one pops up. That's because those actions are coming from from the problem. You're just putting a Band-Aid over a gunshot wound. you're doing a temporary fix. And that's what religion does. It promises a temporary fix, a duct-taped hole. And you know it. And so we just live in fear of when the next leak's gonna come. When's the ship going down? And it's never enough the bible says right all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of god you've all sinned me too and because you've fallen short of the glory of god right what is what does that mean well the wages of sin is death that means you are going to die well todd i know that yeah but there's an eternal death there's something that comes after that's forever and ever and ever hell is a real place and once your last breath here is taken that decision of criminal or king is permanent If he's not king, you can't be with him in the castle. So, what happened? Jesus came, right? God, when we couldn't make our way to him, God came to us in the form of a man. Jesus of Nazareth existed. He performed miracles. And then he went to the cross. Why? To pay the wages, to take the wages you earned death. He was hung on a cross, shameful, painful death. Took him hours. He didn't die for blood loss. He suffocated in his own blood. The father turned his back on him. God, right? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was forsaken by the father, so you never have to be. And here's the thing. On the third day, he died, right? On the third day, he rose from the dead. Over 500 witnesses attest to this. A little story real fast. I asked chat GPT, who knows it, right? AI. No? Good. It's crazy. There's an AI, and I asked this AI, And I say it to some of you smart people. I ask this AI. AI is not emotional, right? And I said, hey, AI, tell me what extra extra biblical evidence there is for the resurrection. So it told me. I knew all of them but one, so I was kind of proud. And then I said, hey, AI, based on the evidence, give me your opinion on the resurrection. And it said, well, as an AI, I can't, I can't, right? And then you know what it said? It said, I can't, but I can't give you a, a, a feeling, but based on the extra biblical evidence from both Christians and outside it lends credence to the validity of the resurrection of Jesus Christ an AI machine said that based on the evidence given but some of you are too smart you don't believe me I got it on my phone right now I'll show it to you later come ask me I screenshot it nobody can take it away eat that musk right my point is it's real and if it's real then you have to respond and no response is a response So the king came to save a criminal by becoming a criminal. And dying in our place. So Todd, what do I do with that? Today, right? You must become a disciple. You must come back to God. You must follow Jesus, right? You must come to him and say, Lord, forgive me for what I've done. I repent. You've heard that fancy word. That means I'm done going my way. I turn away from it. I'm sorry. I give you my sin. I need you. Save me. The Bible says if you confess with your lips and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and was raised from the dead, you will be saved. If you believe him, but you have to say it. Why? Because that's your pride. If you're like, I'll do it later, or I'll think it, that's the point. Right? You won't say Hosanna out loud. King or criminal? There's going to be people up here willing to pray with you today. I was you. I didn't grow up in church. Somebody invited me to listen to some guy who was a way better speaker than me. And he told me about Jesus. And they said, Do you want this? And I raised my hand. I tell this story all the time. It was really dark. I'm like, Well, it's going to be dark in a minute. I'm not making you raise your hand. I'm not even going to make you raise your hand. Raise your hand, right? And I raised it, and then they tricked me. And they said, okay, everybody that raised your hand, go to the back through that door. Imagine if I told you that. Go through that door. Don't act like you wouldn't be nervous. What's back there? Chains? Who knows? Right? So I I wasn't going to go. And some guy told me what I'm going to tell you now. You don't have to be afraid. Today is the day that Jesus has come to you again. The king has come today, and he says, how will you welcome me? Will you come to me? Because I want to save you. Whatever you do, or if you're in the room and you say, Lord, I've, you're my savior, but I haven't been treating you like king. I'm sorry. Today's the day for you to change that, to change the crucify to the hosanna. Whatever you do, right? Respond to God however you, he is calling you to respond. These people are safe people. They will pray with you. The altar's open. If you, if you say, man, I want, I want this Jesus thing. I want it, but I don't know how to do it. I was you. Come to them. They will pray with you, right? They will show you. Whatever you do, don't leave the same as you came in because if you do, you are choosing to.